Amen. Thank you so much. You can have a seat. Uh, make your way to your seat. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I didn't mention it in our announcements, um, but if you are a guest here this morning, uh, we have these blue cards that are out in our chair pockets. Uh, if you're a, if you're regularly here uh, and you ever want to get more connected into something, if you want to if you need to change or update your information, anything like that, you can do that on these blue cards. Uh, but in particular, if you're a guest here, we'd love to connect better with you. Uh, you can fill out one of these cards and drop them in the blue mailboxes that are on each of the lobby counters on your way out, and we'll get you some information. Uh, so thank you so much for doing that. If you are a guest, I know um, I didn't realize that we were running low on our uh, gift bags for those of you that are guests here. Um, so if you do not see one out on the counters, uh, I owe you a great apology, and I'll make sure that those are um, those are in plentiful supply next week. Uh, so please, the next time you're here, make sure that you grab one of those. Um, if you don't mind doing that, we would appreciate it. Thank you uh, for doing that. Uh, we are going to be stepping out of the Gospel of John for a couple of weeks. Um, if you have been here for the last several, you know that we've been in the Gospel of John as a study. Uh, we have uh, gone through chapter 7 into chapter 8, and we're going to come back uh, and catch some of those details from chapter 8, but also uh, really anchor our feet back in chapter 9 as we begin back uh, that study in a few weeks. Uh, so thank you so much for, for going through the book of John with us. Um, a lot of times people recommend to new believers to read first through the Gospel of John. And, and, and unquestionably, it, it is an amazing book. It gives an incredible picture of, of who, really who Jesus is, not as a timeline picture, but a very intentional, inspired picture of who Jesus is. Um, but I, I would argue with you, um, the, the longer you're a Christian and, and the more closely you walk with Jesus, it is so much better and better and better to study the Gospel of John um, the, the, more, the, the longer you walk with Christ. Uh, because you start to see things that you missed the first time through. So hopefully um, you are in, uh, enjoying that and you're connected in God's word through that series. Um, I, that's really one of my prayers for you. Um, and, and if you're not connecting for some reason, uh, please talk to me. Let me know so we can kind of see where, um, what you're hearing, what you're sensing from that. We'd love to hear back from you. Uh, but hopefully God's word is speaking to you really well. Um, we are going to be for a couple of weeks um, on this topic called the power of thanks. Uh, the power of thanks. Um, I want to go ahead and tell you up front. Um, I, I, I want to approach this idea of thankfulness, gratefulness, giving thanks today. I, I really want to approach it not as just something we should do or maybe we've been made to do, um, but, but this idea of thanksgiving, giving thanks, heart of gratefulness. This is really something that God, I believe, has given us, and it's evident from his word. He's given us um, as an incredible resource, as a grace gift for us to be able to draw um, even closer to him. Um, so I, I really hope you hear that through uh, God's word as we, as we go into it this morning. Um, I, I don't know about you, but um, I, I am a parent that has been guilty many times of making the statement to one of my kids, hey, before we leave, make sure you go tell them thank you, right? We, we, we kind of we do thankfulness as a command, as an order, as a, as a leaving procedure sometimes. Um, but thankfulness is really something that's supposed to be deep within our hearts and deep within our souls and practiced in our lives for, for a very unique purpose. Um, right now, um, Wendy a few weeks ago found a gratefulness um, devotion series on YouVersion uh, that we've been doing with our boys. And um, it, it's, it's funny because uh, we often say that generationally things are just different. Um, and and I, was, um, I started youth ministry when I used to be a youth pastor. I started before texting um, and I ended with full-blown social media. Um, so I, I saw the, the, the quick change uh, that many of us have seen take years and years and years of our life. Uh, but for a generation where we're even at home, while we're looking at our, 
our sons, I'm realizing some of the unique challenges that they have to gratefulness, to thankfulness, because so much of culture points them at their self. Um, I remember being a teenager and getting kind of bashed on by old preachers who would say, you know, you have no idea what it's like to take time for anything. Um, your generation is the fast food generation. Y'all go through drive through because y'all can't just sit down and eat at a table. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm at the point in life now where I am frustrated with how long drive throughs are taking. <laughs> right? Like, does it not irritate you to go through a drive through and as soon as you order it, customize just the way you want it? I'm like... Are you people not making food in there? Like, what are y'all doing? Are y'all just goofing around? So we kind of make comparisons about what, genera- what one generation sees and what one generation sees. But, but truthfully, if you're not working with somebody that's especially south of 18 right now, um, you really got to get a, get a good glimpse of, of the difficulty um, that they're going to really face in life. Um, they are a generation that, even if it just comes to something they want to watch, when we took... Uh, when we kind of got rid of, we eliminated Time Warner Cable as just like the, the cable vision bill. Like we just kind of got rid of that one um, at one point in our house. You know, our kids didn't complain. You would assume that would be like the, like the dividing of the household. They didn't because we still had internet. And their generation wants to stream everything. You can get five seconds into something, don't like it, go to something new. It's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's bringing them to a point to where um, they're going to have to work harder at things that we didn't have to work as hard at. And we need to love them and grace them through that. And we need to understand what they're going through. Because, again, thankfulness isn't something we're just supposed to have to do. It's a gift from God that he gives us to be able to draw close to him. And, and gratefulness, thankfulness comes with a little bit less looking at me and a little bit more taking time to make sure that I'm looking at the right things. So we are going to be in a few different passages of Scripture this morning. Um, we're going to start out in Colossians 3. Um, Colossians 3 does a really great job at showing us how God intends to weave this heart of thanksgiving into the entire Christian life. Um, he does a really good job with that in chapter 3. Um, but because many times we are people that just it's it's hard to look at the whole big picture because of the the immediate emergency that's going on. We're also going to look at three things that Thanksgiving will do specifically in our lives as believers in Jesus, and other and three other passages um, that will give you hopefully something, at least one thing to really tangibly sink your teeth into and take home and really pray over this week and and have God speak to you about it. So we're going to start in um, in Colossians chapter three, and we're going to see where this kind of um, how, how this really weaves in. Now, um, anytime, um, anytime I read like two or three verses, I want to be very careful that you understand I'm not trying to set a pattern of, hey, let's just grab, go grab this one or two verses here. That's a very dangerous thing to do in God's Word. You could almost justify anything by just grabbing a verse or two. So um, while we're only going to read certain verses, and some of y'all might be like, man, this dude has read way too many the last few weeks. Um, while we're only going to be reading a certain few please make sure um, that you go back to when you have time this week and read the rest of what's going on in these chapters. In chapter 3 specifically, it's talking about this new life in Christ. And it talks about some of the things that are supposed to be away from us. Um, Paul hits stuff like sexual sin, um, just idolatry, a lot of different things that that he mentions here about what does it look like to move, move towards Jesus and away from who I was or who I tend to be when I just kind of make my own decisions. 
Um, so the point that we're at, we're kind of jumping into a little bit of the middle of the conversation. Verse 14, above all, um, and in other words, he's, given, he, he's, he's been inspired to give us many things to do, but he's kind of ramping this up to a, a new level of importance. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Now, um, in the New Testament, consistently, as, group, as a group of Christians, it, this, this one analogy of the body keeps coming back up over and over and over again, as if, like many things that are repeated in life, we're really supposed to learn something. And if you think about it, um, just if I take my own body, my own health, my own appearance, what I'm willing to let go says something about what my priorities are, says something about what I think is important. Um, for some of us, um, we, will, um, we will overemphasize our diet. Like, we got to eat exactly the right things, all clean foods. But then we neglect something as important as rest. I, for one, am the opposite of that. I would like to overemphasize rest and completely dive into all the things that are not nearly as healthy for me to eat. And doing that, it says something about what I prioritize, what I enjoy the most. Well, like that with the body of Christ, um, the way we serve, uh, the way we don't serve, uh, the way we love certain people, the way we avoid others, it says something about how we see the kingdom of God that we're a part of, what our priorities are, what we're import what's important to us, and oftentimes who is important to us. We make statements. Sometimes those statements are healthy. Sometimes they borderline into the unhealthy. Sometimes they just really just kind of crash across the line. But constantly we hear this thing about one body. And, and in this idea of unity, God inspires Paul and, and really weaves in this idea of thankfulness is supposed to be partnered with this. Now, just by show of hands, if you would participate, please. This is an all-skate, okay? There's four of you that experienced that as well as I did in life. Um, so, by nature, by nature, just genuinely, it's kind of the way you wake up. It's kind of in your DNA who you are. It's, it's your tendency. You kind of tend to be this way. Who in here would say, by raise of hands, that you are genuinely, truly, oftentimes, quite thankful as a person? Just raise your hand, please. Be proud of it. Raise your hands. Okay. All right, everybody put your hands down because some of y'all were lying. <laughs> now, who, like myself, like myself, would admit that your nature is not quite to be that thankful all the time? Or you may go more to my side of the, of the field. Um, you are a complainer extraordinaire like you can do it creatively uh, you can do it low key high key and you can hit every key in the middle um, you can um, not only suck the joy out of your own life but you have such vacuum power um, that, that as I can sometimes I can actually pull it from your life who would say yes I tend to be a little bit more of a complainer I might be on that side of the fence yes and see some of us in here are just like yep I gotta get my elbow completely Extended, and some of y'all are like, you're closet complainers. You just, you don't feel like you can lie right now, but it's, it's, it's just right here. Um, even, the, even the thankful people in the room, really, even the thankful people in the room, I don't think you're going to sit here and just tell everybody, hey, listen, you're just, you're just being ridiculous. There's nothing to complain about. I think even as thankful people, you, you would give credence to, 
there are things that are um, justifiably complaint-worthy. In particular, in the Christian life, one of the main struggles we have at times are the people that are complaint-worthy. You just don't like them. They do something to hurt you. They do great and horrible things even to really break fellowship. God realizes this about who we are. Remember, he saw all of our sin when he himself showed up as Jesus to die for that sin. But he's also established us as this one body. And think about the grace gift. Not just what we have to be, but think about the opportunity. What really thankfulness represents as a gift from God, our ability to focus less on ourselves, to thank God for me, oftentimes, it's, it's not that I ha- I'm completely thankful for that person yet, but it's I have to kind of anchor into, okay, God, if they've done something wrong to me, your word tells me faithfully, as I've been forgiven, forgive. So i got to fall in love with my forgiveness. I've received that grace, that mercy. And when I become so super thankful over that, then even in some small ways, my heart tends at least to open up to that person. And an open heart is one Huge, incredible step towards unity. It's, it's, it's a necessary step. So thankfulness as a gift woven into our lives is, is there to really open our hearts to each other and not just aim my and your attention towards ourself. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and ad, admonition. Um, in other words, um, uh, admonition is counseling, good counsel. Um, So counsel one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Um, There's this thing that's supposed to happen in our walk with Jesus, in our Christian life, where when the word of Christ dwells or or stays and lives richly among you, in other words, it's deep, it has substance, it has quality, when it's really affecting our lives, whether that's through just teaching that we've received, or whether that's through, what's, which is, and this is a little bit more difficult, counseling. In other words, someone has to come to me or you and talk about something that's going on in our life and how God has a better plan for it. When, when God's word lives in us through those methods, what's, what, what the fruit of that is when we can then actually come together thankful that God's working in my life and you thankful that God's working in your life and we see each other and we realize it's not just that our hearts are open to each other but we are a body of believers and we realize what God's doing in you he's doing in me and then sometimes it's just doing different things because of where we're at in life but it's all God working and even though sometimes that's uncomfortable and sometimes it's great it's, it's, it's enriching no matter what it is out of that our hearts can come together with this just really appreciation to God that he's doing something. He's here and he's active. And, and that thankfulness, that thing that happens, is evidence that we are growing in him. It's, it's uniquely tied together. We don't grow in him and stay miserable about it. Like that, that, that's an impossibility in the kingdom, according to what scripture says. If, if it exists, then we've created it. It's not what God's doing. The last part of what Colossians does for us is this in verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, uh, this is a common verse. And many of these verses today are common, known verses. And we can realize, we can think through, we can kind of understand, okay, what, what I say, my conversations, and the actions that I take, those are supposed to be for Jesus. I know we get it. 
but to what measure do we appreciate it? Because what Scripture tells us here is, is that, that when I do something for the Lord, when I speak for Him, my life exists as a thank you and a praise to Him. In other words, my thankfulness, my thankfulness takes my eyes off of me and how I don't like what's going on in me or around me and starts to get me to look at Him. It starts to have this ability to draw me not just close to others, but close to the Lord as well. And I know, I mean, many times we do that. Like we, we you know, we make our kids say thank you. And I, my, my youngest just had his birthday. I told you last, uh, or a couple weekends ago. And, and when he, when, when it was his birthday weekend, my mom came over to the house. My mom brought his gifts. We ate dinner together. We had a cake. We did all that stuff. And as soon as she was out of the house, what I say? I looked around the corner. I'm like, hey, did you tell your mama thank you? Right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do. And, and, and if we're not careful, um, this kind of made to say thank you is, is almost what our Christian walk becomes. This, this kind of guilt-driven, like, I'm, I, I have to give, I have to do this, I have to. And, and, and we lose the get-tos because of this thing that we carry about what we have to do. And, 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 and the joy in our walk, when we get to, when we really talk like Jesus and we act like him, and it's our, and it's our joy, then that is our song of thanksgiving. See, we, we talk about this often. God deserves glory. He's, he's holy. He's just. He's perfect. It's not arrogant. It's just what he's, it's what he's owed. And, and the crazy thing is, God doesn't, um, he, he doesn't find his value in my thanks to him. He's not like us as people where we kind of need to be loved on and appreciated and, and, and patted on the back of, of, of all the thank yous of the good things that we've done to feel better about ourselves. God is perfectly content in himself. Thanksgiving is, is really what he's owed and it's what I'm privileged, what I'm really privileged to do. So why give us Thanksgiving? Why give us this ability to praise? Because it, it does two things. It gives God glory, and it helps us get closer to Him. Because if, if I'm looking at just what's going on in me and around me and all this stuff, and it's, it's like the complaining starts and all that stuff goes, I'm looking at how I can handle or how I have to handle a situation. And it doesn't get me out of that to be able to look up and really see Him. So here's three things, y'all ready? Here's the first one. Um, we're going to skip over to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Again, this is one of these really popular verses. Um, in this, we're going to see how thanksgiving, thanksgiving works against worry. Anybody in here worry on an often basis? Like you, by nature, you're a worrier? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of us. And, and, and you know where the sin comes into worrying? The sin comes in that you're not an awful person. The sin comes in is Satan knows that worrying wants to keep us from being able to lean in and really trust God. That's, that's, what it's worrying, that's what it's worrying against. So thankfulness actually wars against the worrying. Um, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. That seems so simple to say, but it's very hard for most of us to live out. But in everything through prayer and petition or asking, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How does Thanksgiving war against worry? Well, 
there's one really core thing that God gives us to do, he tasks us to do, when worry is overcoming our life. To be able to set that aside and push that aside, he directs us specifically towards prayer, conversation, and time with him. Because if we're, if we're praying to God, we're really, we're really thinking about him and speaking to him, then our attention is on him. And that brings that, that, that desire in us to not just think about him and talk to him, but also hear from him. So that's when we go into our word, or to the Bible, to his word, and be able to re- and, and really read that and meditate on that. So God says basically this, okay, if worry is reigning over you, to be able to move that over, he says you must, you must really concentrate and invest your life on, on prayer. And he gives us two things to really anchor into on prayer, okay? He says petition or asking and um, thanksgiving. Now let, let's start with the asking. I don't know about you, but I'm very aware most of the time of what I feel like I need. Right? Aren't you aware of that? Like when you, when you look at life situations, you're very aware of what you feel like you need. But oftentimes, I, I, I don't go far enough into, um, God, is this, is this what's best for me? Is this what gives you glory? Um, because I, I think I would probably have to say that when I'm very in tune to what I need, I may even be talking a little bit more about what I want or what I think should happen. Um, I've told the story before in, in this church um, how when, we, when Wendy was pregnant, I said when we were pregnant, I was never pregnant at all. I gained weight, but it was totally different reasons. When, when she was pregnant, with Tyler, our middle son, um, at the beginning of that pregnancy for a period of time, um, Wendy's OBGYN told us that, that she really believed it was in the best interest of Wendy's health for us to end that pregnancy because of some of the things they saw going on. Now, my, now my prayer was just absolutely super intense. God, save this child. Save this child. Save this child. Protect Wendy. Because that's what I really knew that I needed. It wasn't until much later than that, much, much later than that, that I ever really sit down and go, okay, God... That, that was what I petitioned you for. That's what I asked for. Um, and, and, and you did it. It happened. But what if that wasn't what ultimately gave you the most glory and that was for the best? How would I have handled that? Because when we're in, we're, when we're in worry mode, when we're in stress mode of, of, of what it could be and we really cringe at circumstances and what could be um, ramifications of that, we oftentimes really don't have the... The, the, the mental thought capacity to just settle ourselves to say, all right, Lord, let me just be ready to accept whatever. So God says, bring me your needs, bring me your petitions, ask, but balance that with thanksgiving. Say, well, how, how much thanksgiving do you, do you bring or do you pray um, in any given situation? Well, I would ask you, what is it that's going on? Um, if, if, if you just feel the weight so heavy about what you're worrying about, then spend much time in thankfulness and, and, and pour into that side of the scale. You may say, well, hang on a second. I can't be thankful for what's going on. Maybe, maybe not at the moment. If you're, if you're really worried over some relational things, God does give us the opportunity to thank him for his, the relationship we have with him, how sure that is, how certain that one is. Um, thank him for the truth he gives us in God's word. Thank, thank him for how he established relationships to teach us much about him. To thank him for what he's done in the past. I mean, the, the, the more time we spend on it to balance out that weight, practically speaking, that helps us greatly in our Christian walk. 
because it's just a beginning step of doing what God needs us to do, which is to take our eyes a little bit more off us and a little bit and put them a little bit more on Him and trust a little bit more. That's what it says to do. How, do, how does Thanksgiving work against worry? By really pouring into the weight of that. And as we pour into that, seeing how our attention really swings in a different direction. Uh, the second thing we want to look at is how Thanksgiving replaces sin. Uh, Ephesians 5, 1 through 4 uh, says, Therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. But sexual immorality and impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you as is proper for saints, Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather or instead give thanks. Um, what, what do we need to do when we're sinning? Uh, we know that we need to stop. We know that we need forgiveness. But, but sinning is, is, is like any bad habit. Um, we, we can try to stop, but, but it's much more successful. God gives us the wisdom um, in his word. Don't just try to stop one thing. Do something right. Uh, he, he tells us, don't just try to eliminate um, unrighteousness and sin from your life, but practice righteousness. So thankfulness, especially when it comes to our words and our conversational sin, is a great thing, an incredible thing, to replace with sinful conversations. Get out the words that we don't need to be saying and the directions we don't need to go with our conversations and invest those instead into thanksgiving, a heart of gratefulness voiced out. And I would even go further than that. Not even just conversational struggles and sin. Uh, even the sins that are in our attitudes and our thinking. Um, the sins um, that, that just come out of us in a lot of different ways. Um, there are things that we can be thankful for. That if we invest our heart in that, God can grow that to take our desire from something sinful and really lock it into what that is. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. For somebody that's struggling in their relationship, especially a marriage relationship, oftentimes the first place that we go to fix something isn't, let me be thankful for the spouse that I'm so angry with. Or when it comes to lust, the sin of lust, how do I be thankful for the physical relationship that I have with my spouse as compared to give myself into something like this? You say, well, gosh, that doesn't, that doesn't seem where we go by, by nature. That's why I believe God has to be so specific with how he's really designed this Christian life that we're supposed to live. Here's the last thing. Thanksgiving puts God in the proper perspective. Thanksgiving puts God in the proper perspective. Um, in Psalm 69, it says this, I will praise God's name with song and exalt or magnify him with thanksgiving. That will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with horns and hooves. The humble will see it and rejoice you who seek God, take heart. This psalm was written by King David when he was begging, begging God for rescue. He simply just did not want to be in the situation he was in. It, it really, to us, it really doesn't even matter which one of those hard situations he was in because all of us can relate to not wanting to be in the middle of what we're in the middle of. And David says that he will magnify with thanksgiving. This is an incredible spiritual truth for us. In general, there's two ways that, that we deal with magnification. Um, one is using something like a magnifying glass, 
a telescope, I mean, not, not a telescope, a, um, a, a microscope, a magnifying glass, reading glasses, something like that. It, it's, it's using a lens to make something that's small bigger. It makes, us e- it, makes it easy for us to see it. it, it, it it's tiny, let's, let's blow it up, let's make it bigger, and we can see it. That's one way to magnify. The other way that we can use magnification is with a telescope. And if you get a telescope out, you put it together, most of the time people are looking through a telescope out into space. And the things that they're looking at are already big. They're looking at stars, they're looking at planets, they're looking at things that are moving out there in space way beyond us. They're already big, but from where we stand, they're very difficult to see. That kind of magnification is basically saying, okay, I'm going to look through this lens to see a great thing more clearly. That's the kind of magnification it's talking about in these verses. This is what David is saying. He says, with thanksgiving, with praise in my heart, with, with acknowledging the goodness of God and talking about it and living it and doing all those things, by doing that, that's how I'm going to see God more clearly. Because... The situation he was in, he was begging for rescue. From where he stood, it was very difficult to see God. And this morning, from what you're in the middle of, from where you're standing, the the, the circumstances of life, what you've dealt with this past week, it may be very difficult to see God. And you really may not know where to start. The Bible suggests, truth of God suggests, that thankfulness is an incredible place to start. In fact, it's probably one of the safest because it will be single statements. It will be heart investment in time, taking eyes off of me and putting eyes on him. So um, when I, I was spent several years as a youth pastor. Um, and when I was a youth pastor, um, one summer when we were prepping for camps and stuff, um, I was on uh, the internet, looking around at different game stuff and, and all kinds of things, and ran across a website that sold uh, water balloon launchers. Now, um, there are certain products that have been invented and made that probably should have never been made, uh, not for the safety of mankind. Uh, water balloon launchers, probably one of those products. Um, in fact, if you could, you, you could go to those companies, if you just printed their customer list, and went out and found those folks in the United States, at least 10% are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, right? If you just track those people, you, you would just in general find people, probably a lot of fun to hang out with, uh, but probably not who you're going to take to a nice formal function, okay? So uh, get on that website, and uh, I, I ordered three. <laughs> I didn't have that many arms, but I felt like, you know, in case two go down, you still got one, right? So we ordered them. Uh, two of them were labeled as... 100-yard water balloon launchers. Uh, that's a football field. Um, and then one, because we weren't really sure how good they were, we just went ahead and took a chance on it. It was labeled a 200-yard uh, water balloon launcher. Because sometimes you're two football fields away from something that needs to be um, wet. Just not, not real wet, but just proportionally wet and wounded. So we took them to camp. Um, and we, have, uh, we had some teenagers that were down there as part of our activity staff. And they were setting up some stuff. We had them up at the pool. And uh, the remarkable thing about the pool is um, it's got a huge privacy fence around it. So basically, they were kind of like caged animals, right? And we didn't tell them that we were going to kind of test a little bit of equipment out. We just felt like, you know, 
they're young, haven't been through a lot of stuff in life, and their brains tend to kind of panic, right, when something very unexpected happens. So we thought, even if we don't hit them, at least it's going to be fun to watch them run around. Um, and so we did. We started shooting them from where the gym is into the pool area, which, which is quite a distance. I mean, it's a solid 75 yards. Um, so we felt good. We had some products. Those were the 100-yard ones. We felt solid about that. Uh, didn't kill anybody, but they, they, we, got, we got our enjoyment out of it, for sure. Um, so we, we didn't, we didn't want to kill any kids with them. We played a couple little games. We lofted some up in the air. Nothing real, nothing real involved. Uh, but late in the week, um, we really got curious about that 200-yard that water balloon launcher. And where we have our game activities, it's on this kind of flat ball field with a, with a hill that goes up that you actually walk down to get to the field. So the hill goes up. So we were out there and we thought, okay, we know about the length of the field. So if this thing's really 200 yards, we should be able to shoot a water balloon and clearly, I mean, we ought to be way into the woods, into the fields next to the camp. We felt good about it. So there were three of us, um, me and my friend Daniel. We had the handles of the water balloon launcher. Uh, the other guy that was there with us, Chris, um, who's a pastor, but for the sake of the story, it's good that you know he is a little sadistic. Um, Daniel and I had the handles, and Chris was responsible for putting the water balloon in, pulling the strap back, and seeing how far this thing would go. So we, you know, we were up here, and, and you kind of know, you feel, the, you feel the pull, so you kind of know that your hand is in the right spot, and, and he, was, he was pulled down right angle. But then there's this moment where, where we thought the balloon was going, things changed, and we probably should have realized, because out of nowhere we heard Chris go, ha and it was kind of that laugh where you, you go up at the end, like it's a laugh with an idea. And what we really weren't aware of was at that time, a guy from his youth group that was doing a lot of film for us through a few years was walking up the hill about 20, 25 yards away, which if you do the math is about 10% of the distance. And um, there was a tag on there that did say they went at what was quoted to be a dangerous speed. So... Our arms were here, which I felt good about, but then at the last second, because the way he changed his direction, my arm pulls down and over. So he lets it go, and about the same time he lets it go, kid's name was J.D., he says, J.D., and, you know, what do you do? Somebody yells your name real fast. You look up, and that allowed him to expose this portion of his neck in which the water balloon just obliterated. I mean, just, I mean, straight shot. No curve, no knuckle. I've, ne I've never seen water move that, that speed. I mean, it was incredible. And immediately, like, Daniel, we freaked out. I mean, we dropped the handles. I mean, because you know what's going through our mind. Uh, we're looking for signs of life, um, a rag to wipe the fingerprints off the handle that clearly is going to be incriminating because we don't know what jail time is for assault with a water balloon. We don't, we, don't, we don't know what it is. So we turn and look at Chris. We're like, what are you doing? So we finally turn around there. And it actually kind of, once we got away from it, it was actually kind of funny because, I mean, it laid him out. I mean, he was flat. Cameras were, they flew out. He's flat on the ground. And then he just, he just sits up like at his waist, just like Undertaker sits up. I mean, it was, 
it was it was funny later, but at that moment we were I I was scared. I'll be honest with you. I was I was a little worried. And and here's the thing: um, th- this water balloon launcher that that we bought so casually um, had extreme power, um, which in itself wasn't dangerous until um, Crazy Pastor um, was the one ultimately in control. And and I would argue with you that that this this gift that God has given us and it really is a a grace gift and thanksgiving a thankful heart gratitude that we we have that ability to have that inside of us and have that come out of us. Um, it, there there is immense power. I mean, you you consider th- this gift that we have if we put it to practice can 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 chase away worry. How would you like to be less stressed than you currently are? Everybody signs up for that one. But, but if it could chase worry, if it can open your heart to others, if it can, if it can really fine-tune your perspective of who God is from where you stand, from where you stand, what you're in the middle of, you can see God better and more clearly through that. If it can replace sin, if, if the whole that getting rid of a sin that we practice and we like so much, if getting rid of it leaves a void, this can fill it so there's, there's just not this hole for sin to be convincing of that it can come back and fill again. That it has that kind of power. But in not understanding it and mishandling it, it's, it's pretty stinking dangerous. Because when we turn it into something that we have to do, then we, we, rob, we take the joy right out of it. We rob it of joy. Um, when, we, when we don't really look into Scripture and go, holy cow, like God, you... You wove thankfulness in, like all parts of the Christian life, and then specific task-driven things. You've just woven the DNA of what gratefulness will do in the middle of all this. If we don't really recognize it for the power that it has, it's it's dangerous, really. It's really, really dangerous. we're, We're just convinced it's something we have to say. We're convinced it's something that we need. And, and we're convinced that, um, that maybe just other circumstances are just simply too big for us to be able to have it. So my encouragement for you this morning is um, maybe it would just do you well to see the big picture of, excuse me, this is how thankfulness needs to be woven into just my life as a Jesus follower. Or maybe what really kind of sparks in you is I'm, I'm a worrier by nature, or I'm, I'm specifically worrying over something exact. Or you're just aware of a sin that's in your life that you would like gone, and just the, the other strategies you've tried have not gotten rid of it. Or, or maybe from where you stand, and what you're in the middle of, and what you're going through, you're just really having a hard time seeing God, knowing what He's up to, believing He's up to something, understanding who he is, anything like that. And no matter where you would find yourself in any of those, one of the key answers through the wisdom of God, through his truth, is in fact a grateful heart and thankfulness. Would you bow your heads for just a second? Um, as, as we go into this part of the service, I want to give you an opportunity just to consider something as we will have a song and, and, and we'll pray um, and have a time to be prayed with if you'd like to come up front. Um, wherever you are in life, um, and, and probably, if you're like me, you, you hit these points where 
what's going on, what your experience has been, you find it very difficult to be thankful for that. And, and to that point, I would say, agreed. And, and many times in life, to just be thankful immediately on the spot for something harmful, bad, hurtful, sinful, uh, worth worrying, it, it's very difficult at the immediate moment. So as a practice, God gives us himself as a target of our thankfulness. He gives us our relationship with him as substance of our thankfulness. So where you may be unable to be thankful for a person or a situation right now, if you can direct it towards God and direct it towards your relationship with him and the truth of who he is even, it will open up an ability to go deeper and deeper into thankfulness as he is able to work within your heart and within mine. If there's a specific situation that you would like prayer over after I pray and the song starts, I would like to invite you up front. We would love to pray with you. If God doesn't move you to come up front, but he's moving in your heart, please know that right now there are people that are praying for you. And to believe like God knows that he can do something great in your life. God, thank you so much for your magnificent glory. Thank you, God, that you give us so much to be grateful for. But Lord, help us to not just carry guilt over our ungratefulness. Help us to not just make others and even make ourselves to say thank you. But God, help us to really realize the power of thanks, um, the, the, the grace gift that it is, this ability within us to just take our eyes off ourselves, aim them at you, God, and just talk about the good things you do and the truth of who you are. And, and find appreciation and find value in that to the point, God, that, that we can then be filled with joy in a way we couldn't before. Um, it, it, can, it can eliminate worry. It can chase worry away. It can, it can balance the, the, the heavy request on our hearts. It can, it can replace um, a void that, that a sin leaves in our lives because our desires are just offset. And, and God, when we're thankful, then our desire becomes you more and more. So let that fill us to chase out sin and replace it. God, help us to, to, to stand bravely and with courage where we are in life. God, look up to you and magnify you with thanksgiving. Let us talk about you and, and, and think about our relationship we have with you and what you've done for us in a way, God, that helps us to understand you more and just be aware of, your, of you working so that, God, even in the middle of what we're in the middle of, we can still see you clearly. The, the bigness, the magnitude, God, of who you are. We're, we're not making you bigger by saying thanks. We're just seeing you better. So God, help us to do that. Help us to begin that now, even during these moments. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand up? And as we sing this song, we'd love to pray with you up front if you'd like to pray. And we'll go back to worship.